0: Good morning and welcome to Monday Medicine, the pastor's prescription for your problems. And I am joined today by Pastor Richard Lejeune, otherwise known as Charles Haddon Spurgeon Jr.
1: (laughs) And I'm joined today by a man who is great at exaggeration, (laughs) Pastor Curtis King. never exaggerate. I've told you a million times to knock that stuff off, so... (laughs) (laughs) I did.
0: I, I, you know, I I tell Pastor Richard, I never exaggerate. Whatever it is that I say at that moment, that truly is what I feel. Now, it could be that when I walk away a day or two later, I might think, you know, maybe I don't feel that way anymore. But at that moment, I felt that way. Yeah. And I called you
1: Spurgeon from
0: your pulpit.
1: That and, was not uh, very, that was not very kind of you to do that because you just set the bar way too high. So, <laughs> you know, so. Well, I wanted the good people of White Oak Baptist
0: Church to appreciate what they have. Uh, That's, that, that was the goal. And, um, and I've thought about it a lot since then. And I thought, you know what? Uh, I'm not. I am not going to retract my statement. I'm not going to do it. I'm, I stick with it. That is how I feel. And I did not start my uh, stopwatch. So <laughs> how far into this are we? We're a minute and uh, a half in. Yeah. Okay. All right. So we're shooting for 27 so, and a half minutes. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so
1: so I got a text from Pastor King this week saying, "Hey, I need help with uh, streaming the MLB." you know, uh, season and, um, how do I do this? So, you know, we won't talk about the methods that we discussed on how to do this because they may or may not be legal anyway. Um, but, um, no, everything's above board. But, um, when we got done, he texted me, you are Spurgeon and it hasn't even worked yet. So let's wait and see. And, um, you know, uh, I've got my baseball. You've got your baseball. Spurgeon had his pipe. You know, yes. we, all, we all have yes. our vices. So yes, know. we do. Um,
0: and and uh, for clarification's sake now, okay. I was asking a question that I did not know if it's legal. Okay. And, and that's why I was asking because uh-huh. I I want to know, is this legal and, uh, uh-huh. and come to find out it is, um, it is, everything's above. It, it is, it is legal. So, um, um, but anyway, yeah, we, uh, um, we're working on, it. and I think that you are correct in what you, uh, um, what you encouraged me to do, but I love my baseball and there is something nice about having a baseball game going on in the house. And, uh, uh, we have done MLB extra innings for the last, I think, two years at our house and, um, man, to be able to watch, uh, Orioles, Blue Jays, or Cardinals, uh any night uh that is that is awesome that's a good setup yes sir it is a good it is a good setup. of course it really is
1: in between innings or half innings we're we're reading the bible and we're praying because we're past that's not true i'm i'm uh, a (laughs) A little bit yeah a little bit yeah Uh, texting church members um, you, you know, encouraging people, responding to text messages, all of those things are normal in the life of a pastor, right. pretty much all day, every day. Um, mm-hmm. do, do you wake up in the morning to um, a list of text messages to reply to still? Not, no, not much, not yeah. much. Um, uh, it is
0: rare. Uh, now, typically on Sunday morning, when I wake up, there are some pastors that, you know, through the night, um, you know, early Sunday morning, late Saturday night will text me, Hey, praying for you to have a great day and all that. I'll wake up to those on Sunday morning, but, uh, throughout the week, it's not, it's not anywhere near what it used to be. So, um, but yeah, uh, there for a while it was wake up and, you know, rub the sleep out of your eyes and just sit there and, uh,
1: for yes. <laughs> those days. So, oh Yeah. Oh but, yeah. yeah, no I that I, I won't say I'm at that volume, but I I would say it's rare for me to walk away from my phone for more than an hour or two and not have a dozen text messages
0: yeah, waiting on yeah.
1: Me. so that that's pretty normal. Um but it's it's nice to be needed, I guess.
0: Yes it is. Yes it is. It is nice to be needed. It's it's not yeah, it is <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'll leave it at that. So
0: God is good. I will tell you that God is good. Oh, man. Hey, I want to thank Jason. Uh, he was our only voter last week. Can you believe we only had one person vote on our jokes last week? And guess
1: who Jason voted for? Well, your joke was way better than mine, so he should have voted <laughs> for yours.
0: You thank did you, Jason.
1: have a second vote. You just don't know about it. Uh-oh, who is that? My- my mother called me, okay. Um, after listening to the podcast, and she said, "I vote for Pastor King's joke." Oh, so even my own mother voted against me. Thank what you, is, Mrs. Lejeune. What is that thank about? Thank you for that. I don't even remember what my joke was last week. So it, it was about the the lady who bought the expensive dress and told the devil to get behind. <laughs> oh,
0: us. that's that's
1: right. That's yeah. right. <laughs> that's yes. about as
0: close to the edge as I walk.
1: Yes. Yes. That, that's why you won, because you told an edgy joke.
0: So That, you know, yeah, that's what it is. But uh, two two for Pastor King, zero for Pastor Lejeune. So we, you know, we have not even talked about our jokes for today. So uh, normally we'll, we don't share the joke typically, but we'll at least say, I got a dud today or, or I got a really good one today. So what's yours
1: like today? I, I think I've got a pretty good one.
0: <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, let's in hear they, it. Let's hear laugh.
1: So a, a single man is dining in a fancy restaurant and there's just this gorgeous redhead sitting at the next table. And I mean, he's been looking over her direction since he sat down and, you know, and, um, he just lacks the, the confidence, the nerve to actually walk up and talk with her. And all of a sudden in the middle of her meal, she sneezes and her glass eye comes flying out of her head. And he reflexively just reaches up and grabs it out of the air and just hands it back to her. And so she pops this thing back into the eye socket and is, <laughs> that just breaks the ice, right? So oh, yeah, she uh, she offers to buy him dinner, you know, because of his kindness. And so they move over and they they sit together and they're eating their meals together and they're just having a wonderful time and, and then, you know, after they get done eating and, and uh, they, they go for a long walk through through the park, across the street from the restaurant, and uh, they just spend hours together. They're laughing, they're talking, she shares her deepest dreams, he shares his deepest dreams, and she just listens. And so after uh, paying for ice cream, she asks him if he would like to come over to her place uh, the next morning and have breakfast. And so uh, the next morning, he walks in, and she's just got this gourmet meal with all of the trimmings. This guy's just amazed. Everything has been so incredible. This is the girl he's been looking for all his life. Um, you know, he said, you are the perfect woman. Uh, are you this nice to every guy you meet? No, she replies. Wait for it, okay? It's coming. <laughs> The suspense has gotta be killing you at this point. <laughs> it is, I'm dying. He says she says, you just happened to catch my eye. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, I can't beat that one. Stop that joke. <laughs> I cannot beat that one. <laughs> 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 okay. I've got a good joke. Okay. I, I do. I've got, I, it's right there. I've got a good joke. It's not that good though. So, <laughs> you know, so listen, uh, I'm going to concede right here and now that Pastor Lejeune has won the joke of the week, but, uh, <laughs> but if you want to just go ahead and stay tuned for the second joke that is still good, just let's just go ahead and accept the fact that it's not that good. Okay. So, all right, so here we go. <laughs> so there was a, there was a, uh, um, a preacher. And um, he notices this uh, new family uh, walks into his church and um, just a really sharp looking family. And, um, and he said that, uh, just by the way they were looking around and, you know, he could tell they've really never been in a church, of, you know, you know, like a Baptist church before this is all kind of new to them. They were just, they seemed so captivated with it all. And um, he said that uh, he he spoke with them afterwards and they seemed to really appreciated it. And, And uh, they came back the next Sunday. And uh, same thing, they're just soaking it in, just looking around. They're just enjoying the songs that, you know, like they've never sung these songs before. They're enjoying the sermon like they've never heard preaching like that before. And and, um, this goes on for four or five weeks. And then finally, um, uh, at the end of the service, the pastor, uh, they come to the pastor and they said, so um, we really, really love. Uh, coming to church here. This is really fantastic. They said, what do you have to do to become a Baptist? And the pastor said, well, that's easy. He said, well, number one, you have to be born again. You have to know Christ as your personal Savior. You've received him as your Savior. Number two, you have to be uh, baptized by immersion. Okay. And then number three, to be a Baptist, you have to own a nine by 13 (laughs) casserole (laughs) dish. So that's pretty good, but it's, it's it's not catch your eye good.
1: <laughs> but that is
0: that's very fitting for both of us because um, when this airs on Monday, we will have just had our chili cookoffs, which we planned our chili dinner on
1: the on the same day, not knowing, not knowing, and yeah. we uh, yeah we got a, a chili competition yeah. on that same day, so it's going to be good. Good stuff. You didn't seem to impress. The
0: <laughs> <much>. <laughs> I gave it's, you a laugh. <laughs> uh, you gave me that. I, I would call that a uh, a polite laugh. That was, that was a good mannerly laugh. It's a, honestly, I had a hard time getting into it to be on to totally straight with you after after what you came out with. All right. So why don't you introduce to everybody uh, what we are. Um, uh, what we are going to do the next few weeks. This is I think this is going to be really good, really good.
1: This is going to be a lot of fun. Um, at the marriage conference um, that Pastor King spoke at here at White Oak Baptist, we had a uh, couple of breakout sessions for men and women, and the second ladies' breakout session was a question-and-answer time with Janet and Angela. Mm-hmm. And so um, they were not able to get to all the questions, And so they gave us the stack of questions, and we uh, have turned that into a Monday Medicine episode. So, ladies, we're going to work to answer your questions from a male perspective, from the husband's side of things. And uh, also as two men who do a lot of counseling, um, or have done a lot of counseling, do a lot of counseling. And so we want to offer you a biblical perspective and a male perspective to the questions that were asked. And some of these will apply both direction to male and female. So over the next yep. uh, handful of weeks, we're going to uh, tackle that. Now, if you have a question that you would like answered, mm-hmm. maybe this stimulates thought or you just have a pressing question that you, you just wanted to answer when it comes to marriage relationship, text those over and listen, mm-hmm. you say, I'm not married. Um, I'm tuning out right now. I'd say, oh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> A lot of what we're going to offer applies to relationships at large, and there will be some specific things that are, you know, to a husband-wife relationship, but a lot of what we're going to offer is um, uh, meant for for all relationships. So hang tough, and I think uh, you'll you'll be greatly helped. So here's the format we're going to follow. I'm going to ask the question. Pastor King is going to give us a Bible verse or verses, and then he and I will discuss our perspective on uh, that back and forth. So. Okay, here we go. First question. All right, here it is. Um, and by the way, we don't know who submitted these. So, yes, here no, it is. we do not. How do you deal with things when your husband is very unorganized and no matter what, he just never seems to get better?
0: <laughs> uh- did Angela or Janet submit that question, do you think?
1: <laughs> Probably Angela. She submitted her own question for her and Janet to answer.
0: Okay. All right. Uh, if your husband or your wife is very disorganized and they never seem to get better. Well, uh, here's how I, I would answer that. First of all, I would say that everybody is organized based on their definition of organization. right? I mean, you know, uh, how many people have just this horrifically disorganized, messy, messy office, but they know where everything is, you know? Now, I could not handle that, okay? I could not handle that. I've I've got to walk in and see tidiness, okay? Um, but, uh, But I will say that I've got uh, I only have just a few drawers in my office that are, if you open them up, you'd think, wow, this is organized. I've got a few other drawers in my office that if you open up, you'd think, this is off. Um, so uh, everybody is is organized based on their definition of organization. And so just because your spouse doesn't organize the same way you do doesn't necessarily mean they're disorganized. But but let's just take it that um, that it, it is as bad as the question sounds. And maybe you do have a wife that is... is is super duper organized, maybe a C type personality. And let's say that your husband is extremely disorganized. He can't, you know, he can't find his driver's license. He can't find his, you know, he can't find it. It's just life is chaotic. What I would say to that is this, that marriage is the blending of, of two people to the extent that they're no longer two people. Okay, they, they are one person. And um, the Bible tells us four different times, and I mentioned this at the at the uh, couple's retreat. Uh, Genesis, twice in the Gospels, and Ephesians 5, the Bible says, Therefore shall a man leave his father and mother, cleave unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. Yes, there you go. Um, and what I said at the couple's conference was that it's, it's like if you take... A, uh, a glass of milk, and then you take a bottle of chocolate syrup, and you squirt the syrup in to stir it up, it is no longer milk, white milk, and cho- it's now chocolate milk. And it has blended. And that's what marriage is. It, it, You know, you and I have talked about this numerous times that maintaining your individuality is uh, the worst marriage advice ever perpetrated on people and and it's put out there by people who have no concept as to what marriage is Uh, to marry means to blend so what I would say is this that that um, Janet if Janet has weaknesses then I have weaknesses okay if I have weaknesses then Janet has weaknesses and what happens is that if, if I see her problems as my problems and her strengths as my strengths and, and, you know, you go back and forth like that, then it is up to me to step in and, and fulfill whatever shortcoming she's got. And um, let's just say that you're married to somebody that just, they, they, it just does not dawn on them that it's a problem to have dirty dishes in the sink. Well, get up and wash the dishes. You know why? Why do you, why do you expect them to do that all the time? And if, if to them, it's it's not that big of a deal that the the sink's full of dirty dishes. So just you just get up and wash them. Um, and now, and everybody in marriage has had a time or two or or, or twenty or a hundred that they have thought, "I'm putting in more than I'm getting out." Everybody feels that way, because the thing is, what you're getting out of it, you don't always realize, but what you're putting into it, you always realize. So in order for two to be one flesh, that means you have to make up for their weaknesses, and the thing is, you cannot nag a person into fixing their shortcomings, okay? If anything, that will make the shortcomings worse, or it will create new shortcomings, so uh, nagging them into it is
1: not going to fix the problem. So what, what says Pastor Lejeune on this? Well, I mean, this is being asked from a lady toward her husband. And so I mm-hmm. would just say that um, my wife gave some really good advice to a, a person lately. She said, um, God did not call you to change him. God called you to complete him. Amen. Amen. And I thought that was a wonderful, wonderful statement just filled with wisdom. Yeah, And I think a lot of us in marriage, we try to change each other. One of the things I've learned over uh, 15 plus years of being married is that, um, I've got quirks and Angela's got quirks. Mm-hmm. And early on in the marriage, we would try to change each other's quirks. And it just led to a lot of rubs. It led to a lot of fighting. It led to a lot of arguments. It led to some yelling. It led to some nastiness between me and Angela. And, um, I finally just, I remember um, I was with Pastor King. We were uh, serving together in a former ministry, and he made some comment. He said, um, he said, it's a happy day when you quit trying to change your spouse. Yeah. And yep. I said, what do you mean by that? And he said, I just gave up on trying to change Janet a long time ago. He said, I just love her for who she is and how she is. Mm-hmm. And listen, if we're talking about sin, that's different yeah um leaving your socks or your underwear on the floor having <laughs> a messy nightstand or dresser look it's just not worth the it's just not worth the fight learn to love them and accept them go behind them and 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 pick it up and um you'll you'll be happier you you said earlier that you don't change someone by nagging them and listen men can nag too i know that that's a that's a yeah. word for a lot of women men can nag too and Um, don't do that to each other. If you're talking about sin, get on your knees and pray for someone to change. If you're talking about a personality quirk or just a a little character flaw, love them and complete them. Don't look to change them.
0: Amen. Amen. Honestly, I I would love to spend more time on this because, uh, the truth of the matter is that people get irritated over things that they really don't need to be irritated over. And, you know, if, if you have been in marriage, I'm going to say less than 10 years, then um, you probably have life-altering traumatic experiences still waiting out ahead of you. And one of these days, you are going to experience um, a doctor giving you the C word, you know, cancer, or you're going to experience some Mm -hmm. horrific car accident, or you're going to experience the death or potential death of a child. You're going to and, and, and you're going to look back on the times that you got irritated over a few dirty dishes and be totally ashamed of yourself that, <laughs> that you let that create such a, a, a division. And, um, you know, now me, I'm, I'm, I'm more of, you know, the, the way of thinking that if there's a, a dirty dish, go wash it right now. I, I'm, I'm, you know, cause I, you know me, I'm hyperactive about everything. It's just in my in my DNA to be that way. I've tried to calm down, but I don't know how to. And I'm thankful that Janet has learned to, you know, to just let me be me when it comes to my hyperactivity. But yeah, uh, Yeah. I think going through some
1: real trials of life, put dirty dishes in perspective. Absolutely. Okay. Next question here. This is a heavy one. We no, may end this, up okay. devoting the rest of the time to this one. We'll see. Maybe the heaviest one of all of these. Yes, how do I trust my husband after infidelity? And again, this one goes both directions. You got yep. some you got some Bible verses on this or how do you want to start here?
0: I've got one verse that honestly uh should be um enough, okay? It should be enough. But let me let me lay a little bit of groundwork for it, okay? Um, let me let me begin by saying some things how you, um, how you don't deal with, um, you know, with, you know, developing the trust over again once your spouse has been unfaithful. And, uh, and by the way, people who say, you know, well, men are more prone to infidelity, well, who are they being immoral with? You know, I mean, so, um, I think men, um, maybe, uh, more so are prone to infidelity because of lust. Whereas ladies, uh, because of loneliness, you know, or, uh, and, and I think sometimes too, there, a a lady might be, uh, unfaithful, uh, because of revenge, Mm -hmm. you know, um, that maybe your husband, you know, did something he should not do maybe morally. And, and so you just go, go out and do that just to get him back let me just tell you, you need to think that thing through, okay? that That is not going to help your cause, and you, that's not going to help your peace and your soul, uh, but um, uh, infidelity is a very serious thing. I would say this, that if if your spouse has been unfaithful, and it takes you a while to get that bitter taste out of your mouth over that, I get it, okay? I get it, and I don't think God expects you to, uh, immediately say, you know, it's all good. It's all good. It's so, you know, um, but at some point, at some point you do have to decide, uh, are you in or are you out now? I believe that, um, just as Jesus gave the, the fornication clause, okay. Um, that I believe you do have permission to leave. I agree right. with that. Yeah. And now that I have dear friends who do not agree with that, okay. And men who are godly men and love the Lord who see it differently. And let me just say that um the comment section on our Facebook page is not the place to share those differences, okay? Uh we listen, we understand if you see it differently we don't want to argue with you because you're probably not going to change our minds and we're probably not going to change yours. But I I would say that I do believe that if your spouse has been unfaithful, you have permission. All right. Doesn't, I'm not saying that means it's the best thing to do and I'm not saying that's what you ought to do, but you have permission to do that. Um, So uh, what I would say is this, at some point you have to decide, are you in or are you out? Okay. Are you going to take him or her back, uh, or are you not going to take him or her back? Now, in order to take him or her back, that means you're committed, and it means that that this matter dies. Okay, you. Um, it's kind of like um um uh, what, what when you play Monopoly, you get the Get Out of Jail Free card. Okay. And so no matter what you do, uh you know, if you go to jail, you just lay that card down and you're and you're out of jail, okay? I think that sometimes with infidelity, people use that as a get out of jail free card. And so for the next 40 years until until one of us is dead, every argument we get in, I know I will win because I have a get out of jail free card. And you can spring that on your spouse. So here you're fighting one day about um you know, why why didn't you you know, why didn't you make the bed? Or why, why did you speak to my mother that way? Or why did you, you know, why did you plan that on that night? You knew we had something else going on. No matter what we get into an argument about, you know, you can always win because I can bring up the fact that, well, you were unfaithful 19 years ago. You can't do this. here's the verse, James chapter one and verse eight, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. A double-minded man. So do you, if you're going to forgive and move on, are you truly forgiving and moving on? Or are you going to keep on reaching back into the past and pulling that out? And here's the thing. If you're trying to move forward while reaching backwards, you're a double-minded person and your marriage will be unstable until the day you let go of the past and decide to take that man or that woman by the hand and move on into the future
1: so what what says pastor richard about that this is um this is tough because if you're uh, if this is fresh to you and it just happened uh emotions are all over the place and the home is a miserable place for all parties and like pastor king said that's understandable for a while I think for ladies especially and men are guilty of this too but god god made women to be uh, emotional beings more so than men their emotions are enhanced i think you have to be really careful about not letting um how you feel one day to the next determine whether or not you trust your husband and one day you know you're in love you two are getting along and he's being sweet and things are good and then all of a sudden you walk in the room and you know there's a A bikini clad woman on the screen in a commercial and he's not even half paying attention to and that jealousy raises up and you're back Mm -hmm. to blasting him and and um you you can't let your emotional state dictate whether or not you trust him Mm -hmm. you have to come up with some parameters that you need him to live inside of and as long as he's willing to submit and live inside those parameters um and hold himself accountable to you and others then you you just have to let uh, what you've laid out be the determinant whether or not you trust him, instead of uh, how you feel, because mm-hmm. you are not going to feel like trusting him some days. Um, I see a lot of times someone says, "Well, you know, I'll, I'll forgive you, but I just won't forget." What you're saying is, "I'm going to hold on to this emotional club, and I'm going to beat you over the head for the next for the next forever for the rest of our, yep. our marriage, yep. the rest of our relationship." and you can forget emotionally even if you do not forget the facts of what happened and forgiving emotionally is just choosing to set down those emotions and not not go back to that not relive Mm -hmm. that i can't believe such and such would i can't believe he would do this to me and so i i would just encourage you to come up with have him put some accountability software on his phone. There's all kinds yep. of different accountability softwares. Amen. And if your husband is willing to go through the efforts of regaining your trust, give him something in writing, something that's tangible that will help him to regain that trust. And then everything Pastor King said about not being double-minded is so applicable. Don't reach in the past to club him over the head. You're just going to hold uh, your marriage back. So
0: Forgetting those things which are behind, I press toward the mark. And you'll never reach the mark if you keep reaching back into the past. So um, that's another one that probably could take a a whole lot more time. We only have about 25 seconds left, if I am correct, (laughs) because I started my my stopwatch too late. But right now I'm looking at our questions for next Monday and they're really good (laughs) they're really good so be sure you tune in i'll let you say the
1: final goodbye all right listen we're gonna have a good time with these again if you have questions submit them and we'll be happy to try to answer them and get them out god bless